Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of West End Talks. We're going back to the barracks tonight um, with Richard Carson's nomination, because um, tonight we have Luke McCall. Now, we've no fancy jacket tonight, uh, because it's far too warm for that, uh, so you have a nice colourful t-shirt, uh, just in case anybody comments on it. Um, but Luke McCall, you'll know as um, the alternative Jean Valjean in Le Mis. He's also been the cover Phantom in Phantom. Um, Lou in Man and La Manche, and Monsha, sorry, and Charles Lighter, Light Toller in Titanic. Um, so welcome, Luke. Hello. Hi. Welcome. I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Good, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, that's a nice strong Welsh accent, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a privilege for you to join us. Obviously, you're here because of uh, the nomination that Richard Carson gave. Yeah. Um, but not not only that, you're here because you're well. Listen to the list we just read out. You're well, a useless fact, not a useless fact, a fantastic fact, I would say, for everybody. You're the youngest person ever to play Jean Valjean and the Phantom in the West End. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> not so like, young no, but the, you wait. You are still the youngest. Like nobody younger has that's played those characters. Um, not yet. No, I don't think so. Not not yet. Um, certainly that's according to the Le Mis website, so I'm assuming that's up to date. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Sointime website. Um, so I would like to hope that's up to date. Um, especially as Macintosh is in charge of both of them uh, to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. um, so, no, welcome. What we'll do is we'll get started the same way as we'd normally do with everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's just asking, what got you into performing? Well, really it's, it's to do with being Welsh. I think most people in Wales can sing and in fact I would go as far as to say everyone in Wales can sing because it's a really strange thing it's 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 really highly encouraged from a very young age that you start singing um, to some capacity there's there's choirs there's there's all sorts of um, there's a thing called the Eisteddfod which is a big music festival in Wales it happens every year Welsh language music festival and um, you're encouraged to to compete in it every year from from a very very young age so everyone sort of sings in wales and um i didn't really start taking it seriously until i was uh, probably about 16. um but even then i didn't know i wanted to be this is what i wanted to do as a, as a profession i didn't really realize that until i was probably 22. um but i don't know really i just I just love it. I think it's great. <laughs> okay, I don't, no. don't really know what else is. Literally, that's that's why I do it because I love it. You love it, and definitely when you when you see everybody in Wales, you think of the Welsh performers, like, even just the famous ones. You've got obviously got Tom Jones, Catherine Jenkins. You've you've loads more. Um, only boys, only boys allowed. They were Welsh. Yeah. Loads and loads and loads of Welsh singers. Um, that's not even scraping the surface that's just thinking like three off the top of my head yeah. um and obviously Luke McCall uh, <laughs> he sees another one um so what was your first ever performance my first ever performance oh dear um it was probably at that that music festival the I studied when I was 16 I think I decided to compete for some reason um I didn't win however I quite enjoyed enjoyed doing it <laughs> I don't know who and won then... robbed <laughs> And then I joined something called Uskol Theatre Maldwin, which uh, is, means Maldwin Theatre School. Um, and it was a once a week thing. It was after, after school. Um, 
and we just we did Welsh shows. There's some Welsh musicals. We used to do those, and it was singing, acting, dancing. It was lovely. Um, and my first performance of a show was with them, and the first show I think was called Llwybr Evnishen, which is um, the path of Evnishen in English. Uh, it's an old story, uh, Mabinogi story, which is a, a classical Welsh Celtic tale, I should say. Right. Um, so that was my very first sort of amateur performance in a show. Um, professionally, it would be Les Mis, five years ago. Uh, in fact, it was five years ago. What are we, 23rd of June? It was five years ago and about 10 days now. Oh, so the 13th of June you started. Uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it was the 13th of June. Um, no, it was the 14th of June. I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but that was my first ever professional performance, yeah. Fantastic. And what a professional show to start in. Like, just go oh, for the no, top. Yeah. Like, why, why, go, why, why, why work our way up and we just go for the top? That's, that's the way to do it, definitely. <laughs> uh, we'll now move on, and now we're moving on, and we hold no responsibility for the next set of questions. Okay. These are all from your fans or fans of shows that you have been in. Okay. Um, and we're going to start with Olivia today. And Olivia asked, nice easy one to get you started. So you've done the two best end gods of musicals, i.e. Le Mis and Phantom, mm -hmm. is what she said. That's how she's worded it. Uh, and played the lead male in both. Which character is Habda? So they're equally as difficult, but in different ways. So Valjean is very vocally demanding. Um, it's there's a lot of high singing very early on in the show. So if you're not warm before the show, it's, it's a nightmare from the beginning. Um, so you have to thoroughly warm up before the show uh, because the first sort of, I would say 45 minutes of the show as Valjean is nonstop. So you get, you're on stage from the prologue and I think it's about nine minutes until you actually sing the soliloquy. Um, and then you get in straight into costume for the next scene, which is the factory. And then it's straight into costume again for the scenes after that. And for, until you, I think it's the end of the confrontation is sort of when you can go ah, and breathe. Uh, with Phantom, now Phantom is, I would say, incredibly emotionally draining because, um, you know, he's a, he's a very sort of, emotional person and at the end of the show he has a complete and utter breakdown um when when uh, christine and Raoul leaves and um he so that that that's difficult to do singing after singing high notes after a breakdown after crying and shouting is is the challenge there um so so yeah so they're sort of both equally as difficult as each other uh but phantom more emotionally and valjean more vocally. That's a good answer. Yes, that's a good answer. Uh, I'm not a singer, but I can imagine after shouting, uh, that does obviously affect your voice. Like even talking after shouting is a, a, can be a struggle sometimes. Mm. So yeah, I can understand that. And crying will yeah, hammer right off, <laughs> uh, which usually happens with most musicals, I've got to say. Uh, there's not many musicals I don't cry at, whether it's Happy Tears or, well, in this Le Mis case <laughs> or Phantom case, it's not really happy, but... Um, yeah, um, you, you still go back, definitely, even though you cry, sad tears. Yeah, um, Definitely. Tanya asks, what's your favourite song in Le Mis? Favourite song? Ooh. Um, 
controversial again. I love stars. I think stars is a banger. Stars is my favorite. So as as a as a Valjean, I probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> makes sense, huh? Uh, well Sophie actually asks, what's your favorite song to sing in Limits? Okay. Oh, well, I, I mean, I love Bring Him Home. It's such a lovely sing. Um, yeah. And I also really, and it was the song I was most apprehensive about going into the show. I was like, I need to sort this out because I, I'm really nervous about it. And it was Who Am I? Uh, because there's such a range in it. It's so low. And then you go, you go for that big note. But now I, I, love, I love singing it. And I think going in, going <laughs> rehearsals I was like oh no I've got to sing this song now um but now I'm like it's it's one of my favorite parts to sing in the show so one of the most iconic sayings in the show I think as well everybody knows the who am I yeah that one the two four six oh one and yeah. um, I think every, like, even if you don't know them as you know that that one and do you hear the people sing and I dream yeah. dream I think everybody knows as well and um, but just those two sayings rather than the actual songs themselves um, if you see them as everybody can go, who am I? Um, Tom wants to know, that's why I don't sing, I'm just going to speak it. Hey, Tom, and I'm definitely going to try and hit that how you know it. Hey, Tom says, what's the hardest thing about being in Lemiz? The hardest part? Um, I presume you're talking about uh, the actual show. Uh, if so, then I would say the soliloquy is the hardest part of the show to do as Valjean because Obviously, the start of the show, uh, the whole prologue is about nine minutes long before you start singing the soliloquy. It's incredibly dry on stage. It's really difficult to fix that, especially, you know, there's a lot of smoke, uh, things like that. So um, I have to, I personally anyway, I have to make sure that I've A, drunk enough water and B, I've had a chewing gum five minutes before the show because it um, increases the saliva in your mouth. Um, because otherwise I'm really sort of struggling like with, with uh, dryness when it, when it comes to singing the soliloquy, which is so far into the show and you're on the stage for the entire time. There's no way you can go off, have a quick drink of water and come back if you get what I mean. So, um, so I'd say soliloquy is the hardest part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you can, as a prisoner, you can't really make an excuse up to drink on the stage either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're still a prisoner at that point. So yeah, you can't, you'd be getting wet if don't, don't you do your drink. Yeah. Um, so, so moving on slightly, I'm sure we'll come back to the barracks uh, later on. But Sally touches on another musical that you've been in. Um, she asks, what was it like sinking every night in the world's most famous cruise liner? Oh, okay. Uh, she touches on the fact you were in Titanic the musical. Titanic, yeah. God, that, that feels like a lifetime ago, but it was literally only last year. Um, it was great, great show. Like, I, when I auditioned for it, I didn't know anything about it at all whatsoever. I, was, I didn't know the script, I didn't know any of the music. So I was like, oh, great. Um, and then when, when I, I was auditioning for, for the role of Charles Lagtoller, and I was like, okay, well, I'm trying to figure out who that would be in the film. And then I was trying to, I was going through the script singing, where's Jack, where's Rose? And because obviously I genuinely had no idea, which is awful. Um, and I was apprehensive when I found out they weren't in it. I was like, oh, so what's this going to be? And then I listened to the soundtrack and I was like, wow, it's, the music is incredible. It's so beautiful. Um, so I was sold immediately. 
Um, but doing the show, it was it was gorgeous. Um, I got to see some lovely places, which was wonderful because we went to Germany with it um, and Woking. And that's it because uh, it, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, you know, that was a big difference. You went to Germany and Woking. No offense to Woking if anybody's watching from Woking, but it's just Germany to Woking, like, yeah. big difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful show to do. So in Glasgow, um, at the very far, and I've got to say, I didn't know much about it. I knew it was a musical, but that was literally where it ended. Um, but the amount of people at Interval were like, well, so where's Jack and Rose? Yeah. We're like, why are they not singing that song? Um, all the rest of it. And I'm like, well, because it's not actually, it's based on the true story. Like, these are yeah. actually people that were on the ship. Jack and Rose yeah. were never actually on the ship. And also, um, um, fun fact, the... James Cameron was sued for the film by a lot of the families of the staff that were on the ship. For example, um, Murdoch, who is the one who, um, he, sh he shoots himself, spoiler. Yeah. But he, he kills someone and then he kills himself. I think he shoots someone and then he shoots himself. And obviously that is factually 100% incorrect. And the problem is these are real people that actually lived it. They're not fictional characters. So the family sued James Cameron for that. Yeah, soon definitely am. Yeah. Oh, I remember something coming out, or something said anyway, I don't remember the film coming out initially, because it was only like five or something, but I do remember the film being out. Uh, and obviously it is, I think a lot of people were there because of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which did selling glasses. A lot of theatres were selling Jack and Rose cocktails. There was buskers outside the theatre playing the, My Heart Will Go On and things like that. So that didn't help the fact that at the interval people were like, where's Jack and Rose? Yeah, where's Jack and Rose? Why is this not? A... But the, the only thing I could talk about at the interval was just the, the, the brilliance of how you can hit an iceberg without actually having a ship there. Yeah. That was, my, that was the only question I had. was like, okay, so how are they going to do the crash scene? 100%. And it was yeah. fantastically done. Like, yeah. absolutely fantastic. One of the best things I've seen on stage, mm. like, t technology wise. Um, or light and what, because it was all about lighting, obviously, and sound and the way the actors moved. And yeah, there wasn't really much. Okay, so I think the ship did come up, doesn't it? The back it of the ship. It comes up in Act Two, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Act Two, but it didn't, it didn't in the initially, but yeah, so I'm like, that was good. That was absolutely fantastic. Mm. I just couldn't go over the, the way how, the, how you knew exactly what was happening, but you didn't because there was nothing happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. that was what I was Anyway. We digress slightly. Hey, uh, Rebecca asks, uh, what's your favourite song in the show? And obviously Titanic. In Titanic? Oh, I love... Oh, I don't know if I know the title of it is the problem. Because um, I didn't sing it. It was... Oh, dear. I think it's called No Moon, No Wind. Just, just that no very, very beginning bit where um, uh, the character sings on the on the middle stairs, if you remember the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no moon, no wind, nothing to spy, things why That bit is absolutely gorgeous. I really mm. love that musically. Um, but then I also love the, uh, I still don't, I don't know the name of the song either because I wasn't in it, but it's the dip, di da di da di that song's really Oh, good. right, yeah, the, the, when they're trying to Moscow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I kind of think of the name of it, but yeah, no. I, my personal one's Godspeed Titanic. I don't, I don't know, I don't, like, quite, quite close to the start of the show, obviously before it, just yeah. before it goes off, or as it goes off, as it sails off, I think that's great. And yeah. I had no moon as well down, because that's yeah. just, it's quite chilling. I like watching 
Godspeed Titanic. However, singing it, it's it's very high. <laughs> oh, I can that? imagine as a as a performer. Yes, there's there's different. Um, as a as a fan of the show, I, I enjoyed watching it. But yes, I can imagine different yeah. songs. Um, I was on the top ten line, so I was singing all the top C's, and I, it was it was draining. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. So Ben wants to know, do you know, and it's only if you know, um, why didn't they use that song from, from the film? I've absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. It was Maury Eston that wrote the musical. Um, and it might have been written before the film, maybe. I don't know. I think it was, to be honest. I think that's, yeah. I think, was it not written in the 1980s initially? Oh, pass. First draft, I think, was written in Is the 80s it? because he won the Tonys at the beginning of the 90s. It. Oh, it will be then. Cop, this is terrible. I should know this. <laughs> it, won the, it won the best, I don't know if it was best musical or best score. It won Tony's anyway. Yeah. Um, at the yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was definitely written before the film. Um, so I would imagine the reason it's not in it is because um, that was solely written for the movie. Because mm. so, yeah. that's nothing to do with the, the actual, like Celine Dion was not in the Titanic and neither was that song. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great song, though. Uh, I do like that song. Oh, it's a fantastic song, and it's one of the most iconic film songs ever. Um, I, should, I suggest it. Uh, I, I, I should suggest a, a mega mix at the end of the show where that comes on. However, the ending's quite um, touching, isn't it? When they yes, because the, yeah. the, the the names come down, don't they? Yeah, if I remember so rightly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no. <laughs> if you then start busting to any any gym will do. No, don't don't do that. <laughs> My heart will go on, it's what I'm meant to say there. Uh, it might not be appropriate. Um, <laughs> it's a nice ending. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad one, but it's nice. Yeah. Um, um, so, so Harry just wants to know, do you have any advice for boys that want to join musical theatre, but when people are saying that he shouldn't, that they shouldn't? Well, I think you should tell the people who are saying you shouldn't where to go. Because uh, if you love musical theatre, if you want to do musical theatre, that's that's your choice. It's nobody else's choice. You know, I love I love what I do, and if if you love listening to it, if you love performing it, whatever, do it. If that's what you want to do, don't let anyone else tell you what you can't. <laughs> don't let people tell you you can't do something. You know, unless it's the law. <laughs> that's different. That's different. But it's not law. Yeah, it's not against the law to perform in musical theatre, so do it. Technically, at the moment, it is. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, no, it, it's not. I mean, I could go outside and start singing Any Dream Will Do, as you said earlier. Oh, yeah, and you wouldn't get into trouble for it, no. Um, but performing on a stage at the moment, on a technicality, it is. Yeah. But that's, yes, we'll not get into that one. That's a touchy subject. Uh, so Taylor wants to know, she, she's moving on to another musical mm -hmm. that you've done, um, and we have touched on already. Uh, what's the hardest? What's the hardest thing about playing the Phantom? It would it would have to be the emotion, uh, the emotion at the end of the show. Uh, I used to have to take a bit of a time out after doing the role, uh, about 10, 15 minutes, just to myself because it's you, you're you're letting all you know you're screaming and crying and and you're letting all your emotion out. It it drains you. It's like. Oof. Um, so, so that's the hardest part of the show. However, it's an incredibly rewarding show to do. It's the, it's the, to be able to sing those songs is phenomenal. I can imagine. Yes, it's, it's one of the most, it's, it's out there with the Mets, definitely. It's the two, um, two of the most longest running musicals. It's two of the most iconic musicals. And um, you think West End Theatre, you think Lamez, you think Phantom. 
And there's a few others, obviously, Bet Lemez and Phantom, definitely the, one of the first two you, you think of straight away. Um, Lydia wants to know what's your favourite song in the show? Not necessarily one you've performed. So not necessarily Phantom. song? Well, it's not really... Well, it is a song, because you sing it. However, it's not like a song, as in standout song, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the bit just after wishing you were somehow here again. Uh, the, the trio there, the wandering so helpless, that bit, when Raoul and Christine come in. I absolutely love that bit. And also, again, in the final layer, when um, Raoul, Christine and Phantom are all singing together, I think Phantom is singing uh, uh, Too late for turning back, too late for present use of pity past, still thoughts of life, all that bit. And then Raoul singing it and Christine singing it. It's, oh, it's so good. Um, I, I could talk about this for ages. I also love Past the Point of No Return. I love Wishing. Uh, I love Music of the Night. I don't like All I Ask of You. Oh. <laughs> That's not Why? because... I, it's because I've heard it too many times, I think. Because um, as the Phantom, you're sat like near the stage, so you can't not listen to it. You can't turn your monitor down, so you can't hear it. So I think I've heard it too many times. And it's just... Oh. Come on. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful song, beautiful orchestrations. Um, and it was always nice when someone different was singing it, if you go to mean, like if there's an understudy on, if someone else was singing it, it was always like, okay, I like the song again now. But it's just over and over and over. It's, it's quite that hard. makes sense. That makes sense. Controversial uh, thing to say, but there we are. <laughs> no, that makes sense, though. It does, it, it, you think it may be controversial, but it does make sense. If you've listened to the same song over... It works with the same thing when we used to have iPads, the iPods, sorry. If I listened to the same song over and over, and I was like, no, get my new yeah. song. Um, so, yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, the many times you've been in Phantom, uh, same with Miz, then it should be the whole show. It just, no, you need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm also, I'm not a big fan of Raoul as a character either, so. so. Oh, that, oh, oh <laughs> definitely getting controversial here, like. <laughs> Oh, I like this. Uh, Mr. Weber, are you listening? Yes. <laughs> no, I think the character's well written. I just, as in... I don't, don't backpedal like... now, Mr. McCall. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't like... I don't, I'm, a, I'm a phantom lover, not, not a Raoul lover. If you get no, into, I'm team phantom. You're more of a fan of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom and... You're phantom? You're fanning phantom rather than Raoul. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Makes sense. Um, obviously, with, with phantom, you've got a bit of makeup. To do more makeup than, than normal, you've got the, the cosmetic um, implant yeah. on your face. That must be time-consuming and um, not, or is that? It was quite nice actually because the Phantom role is it's quite it's quite a lonely track. As in, um, so if we like, if you're talking about, we usually call them tracks uh, for people who don't know. When you're talking about different characters or different parts, for example, uh, if if a swing was on. And you'd say, oh, what track are you doing? And you'd say, oh, I'm doing the bouquet track or whatever you're doing. Um, so the Phantom track itself is it's quite a lonely track. You don't really get to see people because when you're not on stage, most of the rest of the cast are. So you don't really see people. You don't really pass them in the halls and stuff. So um, that part of the show I loved because they, it, you'd get in the chair about quarter to seven uh, if it was an evening show. Um, and the makeup lady, well, whoever's doing it, they're all brilliant and they're all great, great, great laugh to work with, you know. So it's, it's, it's a really nice time to actually be able to talk to people. 
<laughs> because otherwise you don't see anyone during the show. We know how you feel then. So we all know how Phantom feels during the show at yeah. the moment. <laughs> Not being able to talk to people and see people and... Um... Yeah. yeah, so it's, that's, that's the nice part. It doesn't, it doesn't take as long as you think. It takes probably about 45 minutes, I'd say. That's yeah. not bad then. That's not as, as long as you would like, when you see it as a, as an audience member, you'd think you must be in there for five o'clock. You must be in there for hours. Yeah. Um, but no, forty five minutes isn't as long as I thought. Then yeah. I didn't know exactly how long, but forty five minutes is not what I would have guessed if I had to guess. Yeah. How long? But it will surprise you how quickly. And they'll have been doing it for years, and it will be done exactly the same way, and things. Yeah. Stuff. Well, most um, most of the pieces that go on you, uh, they're pre-painted anyway. Um, so right, so they'll, they'll pre-make up them. They just have to do the makeup that blends into your face. If you get what yeah, I mean. make it look like actually your face rather than just a bit of plastic stuck on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. <laughs> um, so Ryan asks, do you have any pre-show rituals? Uh, kind of. It, it, it differs with different shows. Um, with Phantom, uh, after having the makeup done, I like just just a couple of minutes to sort of chill out and maybe read a bit of a book just before going going in, going on stage, I should say. Uh, with Valjean, I try and do um, do some sort of push-ups or something before the show, um, not to buff myself up, but just to feel like the weight of being tired because the the beginning of the show is. Um, it, uh, well, in the new version, we're, we're rowing a boat and we will have been... Th that part will be... It, it's at the end of the working day, so we'd have been uh, chopping rocks and then rowing a really heavy boat back. So we'd be absolutely shattered. So it's sort of to, to get the feeling of, I'm tired now, kind of thing, into your body. Um, with I didn't do anything with Titanic, I don't think. Mm, no, I just, I just mo most of the time I just read before the show actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just read a book. Yeah. Great. Um, that's quite an interesting one with the little mess making yourself. To, you obviously don't want to go too tired because you've then got two and a half three <laughs> hours show to do. Yeah. So it's gonna you've got to have the slight feel of being tired, but then you've got to bounce back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's not as if I do like a thousand press ups just before the show. <laughs> <laughs> and go, right, okay, that's me off. Get, yeah. get the end of study in for the, the night. <laughs> the rest of it. Uh, I've tired myself out too much. Uh, um, so, Michael wants to know who was the first Jean Valjean, sorry, I can't talk today, and Phantom that you saw? Uh, it will be Ramin for. Phantom because I the only version of the show I'd ever seen before I did the show was the 25th anniversary uh, which right. I, went, I went to the cinema to watch it was a live stream um, so Ramin for Phantom and then no actually I, I saw it live um, because before we opened so we, we get to see the show before it opens and I saw John Owen Jones play it which was amazing um, and then with Les Mis, um, it will have been the first Valjean I saw would have been Peter Lockyer because I'd never seen the show, even any of the anniversaries before I did the show five years ago. Peter Lockyer was the Valjean at the time and then he, he stayed on and he was our Valjean as well. Um, but then I've seen the show quite a few times. I saw the concert version twice. I saw 
Colin Wilkinson, er, uh, Colin Wilkinson, what am I talking about? I saw Alfie Bow, um, and I saw John and Jones both play Valjean, and also I've seen John Robbins do it in this production, and yeah. Colin Wilkinson as well uh, in the 10th anniversary DVD. So those are the ones I've seen. It's done, done quite oh, I saw Geronimo as well play it in um, Madrid. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah. Um, not many people can see that then. <laughs> Especially <laughs> from England anyway. A lot of people from Spain obviously be able to see that. Um, but uh, so you've seen international limits. Yes. Not just, um, not just the UK. Uh, I'm trying to think who my first one was. I, I'm terrible with actors' names, I've got to say. But, or memory of actors' names. I could probably look up the program because I've still got it. Um, but the Lemez actually was my very first West End show. Okay. Uh, and I went, it was maybe, you maybe actually were in it. Do you know that? I'm trying to think because it might have been five years ago. Okay, maybe. You might actually have, it would have been about then, four or five years ago. Um, and I went dressed like proper suit and everything. And it was during the summer. And these folk were walking around with shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. And like, <laughs> what's the folk don't dress up for the theatre anymore? Like, do people not like? And, and my mum went, no, you don't. They don't. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I, I thought you were still dressed, like, especially West End. You thought, oh, you still get well, proper. They do. I had, to a extent. I had a similar experience where I went to see an opera, dressed in shorts and and things like that. Most people were in suits, and I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I know. I, I now, if it's a night, obviously it's a night. It was a really, really hot day. I've got to say, I did regret the suit, yeah. uh, especially during the day. By night time, it was okay, but yeah, I did regret the suit. But um, I did regret it even more when I walked in the theatre and everybody was just walking <laughs> in their shorts and t-shirt and their sunglasses in their head. And I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so, so Callum asks quite an interesting question. Actually, he wants to know. Uh, obviously, you've played the Phantom and you've played Jean Van John, two classic. Um, characters in musical mm-hmm. theatre history. So how do you how do you get if you do to put your own spin on a classic? Because they're obviously they're set in stone, but they're, they're how did you get do you get to put a spin on it? Um, I think the way I sort of do that is I deliberately try not to watch the the show or watch a person playing it, even though we we sort we sort of have to watch the show. I'll not be like okay so he does this at this point and he does this at that point i'll sort of actively try and avoid seeing that and do it myself mm-hmm. um and also you know there, there's there's blocking and things that are set however you know the way uh you 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 um the way you sing things and the way you convey your emotions can be as different as you want them to be from from anyone else if you get what i mean um so yeah, you do get to put your own stamp on it. That's what was nice about doing this new production of Limis actually was that um, I'm able to put my own stamp on Valjean sort of more so than I was last time because it's a new production, if you get what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. So you, you and John had slightly more kind of leeway to work with it than, than you would have normally. Absolutely, of, yeah. And, because and of the new production. Mine and John's Valjean's uh, are very different, which is, which is lovely as well. Yeah. You know, that makes sense, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so what about the Phantom? Do you have, is it the same, just the same sort of thing as for the Phantom, just not watching, really yeah, watching just, else doing it? Yeah, I try not to, I'll watch the show, but I'll actively try not to, you know, it's one of those things where you go, oh, I need to learn where he stands and what he does and, and all this. But I try not to 
focus on that and just enjoy the show as a show because I know that it's the last time I'll be able to watch the show without technically thinking about it if you get what I mean yeah that makes sense yes because yeah. right, after that it's like it's like we've got a magic trick yeah if my mum's like oh let's watch the phantom it'll be on and i'll be like oh well i know what happens here not as in the plot no i know i know how they do it so it's it's still magic and i still love it it's phantom is my favorite musical and i absolutely love it um but i still think about it technically which annoys me (laughs) makes sense though I, i can understand it um, definitely, you, you've you've broke the third wall, so that third wall can never be rebuilt. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, and uh, that's why that's why I like musical theatre so much because there is that third wall. Mm. Um, so Samantha asks, is there a musical that made you fall in love? So, like with musicals, not literally in love. It was it was actually Phantom. It was the twenty fifth anniversary of Phantom because I'd never oh, really watched a, a musical properly before. I'd listened to songs from musicals and, and things like that, but I'd never watched a musical. That's a lie. I have I had watched a musical, but I don't really remember which ones or where or when. <laughs> so Phantom is the first musical I remember watching and going, wow, uh, which is why it's my favourite musical. Um, so, yeah, so Phantom. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Tony asks the question that we're getting a lot at the moment, um, but just obviously put spin, spin only differently. Um, so Tony wants to know, if you had to go into lockdown with one character that you've played, who would you do and why? Uh, who would I do and why? The character that I've played? Yeah, so it's character we're looking at, obviously, not... Probably... Oh, that's, that's a difficult question, actually. Wow. I mean, Interesting, we're getting it lots. I think one person's listened to it and then they send it in, different people and then send it in every week. Um, I feel like every, they all have their sort of merits. Like if I wanted to sing for the entire lockdown, then I'd get the fandom with me. But if, if I wanted someone to make sure that I've eaten and he'll go out of his way to make sure I've eaten, it's Jean Valjean. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you like to swim, then you would go for, for Charles, obviously. Yes, and he survived, spoiler alert. He did survive, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was one of the survivors. Yeah, and then he went on to save a load of soldiers from Dunkirk after Titanic. Oh, so it's safe. We're getting a chat with you, but we're also getting lessons as well. <laughs> Every day's a school day. Didn't know that. Um, so, but yes, no, your character definitely, he survived. Um, but no, the... Well, yes, so moving on. Um, Jay wants to know, what was it like being part of a Coliseum production? Oh, that was, that was I mean, what was great about that was the um, orchestra were yeah. massive. And to hear them play like the Impossible Dream and uh, I, Don Quixote and things like that. Ah, oh, it was so good. When we had the sits probe, I was over the moon. It was brilliant. Uh, and obviously the theatre is on a bucket list, so it was lovely to perform in that theatre. Um, but yeah, I mean, the orchestra for me made that job. Just listening to them play that. I can was, imagine. Wow. It was for dialogue. I saw it. Uh, I saw it. I'll be perfectly honest. 
I'll be honest, it was this man that got me in to see it, uh, which I don't usually like to see about musicals, but I didn't, apart from The Impossible Dream, I knew nothing about it. Uh, and I'm like, really? And I thought, oh, I'm going to go see Kelsey, so he'll probably never be back in the West End, so I'll come and see it. Wow, fell in love with it, saw it five times after that. Like, yeah. literally, it was fantastic. The only bit, and it comes, it touches on the next question, Tim asks, do you fully understand the story? I do just because I'm I'm familiar with the with Don Quixote the the story. However, I can see why it's confusing because, uh, well, Kelsey has three different names in the show, so it, it is it is a bit confusing. Um, that that's that, I think that's a flaw in the piece more than it is um, uh, anything else. Sort of from the it's a very very old musical. Um, but yeah, I was familiar with the story of Don Quixote before I did the show, so I didn't find it too confusing, but I can see... That is partly based on true story, isn't it? Don Quixote is real. I believe so, I believe so, yeah. Kind of, yeah, it was... Uh, there was reason to believe. Lisa asks, uh, she wants to touch on the cast, and she asks, what was it like working with Dr. Fraser Crane and Rodney? It was brilliant, actually. Do you know what? It was so surreal. It was really weird because these are programs that were on, you know, early in the morning. You get up and you have your coffee and they're on the telly. It's just really strange walking into a room with those two in. Um, but they were so down to earth, both of them. They were so down to earth. They were lovely. I learned a lot from them. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was great to work with them. You know, um, Nick, Nick Nick is one of my favourite people, actually, that I've ever worked with. Nick he's a fantastic actor. He's absolutely brilliant. You know, he and you just you just you can't take your eyes off him when he's acting because you can see he's listening. He's oh, I just think he's incredible, and he's such a humble person, and it's really lovely to to witness and to work with people like that. Yeah, no, definitely, it was it was the show was just fantastic. Um, without a doubt, it was. The music, as you say, the, the orchestra was just outstanding. The cast, the full cast, like forget, okay, there was, there was Kelsey, there was Nicholas, there was Danielle Cassidy, and, and obviously uh, Peter Polycarpo was in it as well. Um, but um, forget the, the names, the full cast were just fantastic. Like there wasn't a, a bad character, the, all characters were needed because obviously, it, but it was a story and a story and a story, wasn't it? It was kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did get yeah. a bit, especially the first time. After this, after I'd seen it, I was like, okay, right. Okay. And then the second time, I went, all right, okay, so this, all right, so that makes sense now. And oh, all right, so things were fitting into place after the second time. But the first time, it was like, I walked in and went, what was the story? Yeah. It, was a, it was a story and a story and a story. But the way that it made you feel like they were in a pit, that was the bit that got me. That was a bit like the Titanic scene in a way, um, how the lighting and the, the feel of the stage made them feel like they were actually in a pit when the guys were obviously talking from up yeah, um, up the top. So uh, yeah, that yeah. was impressive as well. Uh, and it's just a fantastic theatre. Yeah. Uh, um, so it is based on a true story. Yes, it is. Um, the, so the prison scene, the, the whole prison scene, that happened um, when he goes into prison. Uh, Miguel de Cervantes, who wrote Don Quixote, uh, was thrown in prison. So, so the, uh, the sort of beginning and end of the show when, when he's in prison is, is part of the true story, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's 
what makes it extra special, I think, the fact that some of it was, was actually true yeah. um, and makes it a bit more understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw it, I compared it to casks. I'm like, how is this? Not in, <laughs> not, not in any bad way, but cats, you don't really understand the story either. And it's like, nah, this is definitely a cats musical, but it was on a grander scale um, because the costumes were all fantastic as well. Like the costumes and everything were, were f- fabulous. Yeah. But moving on slightly, Lee asks, if after lockdown you got the choice to go back to any role that you've played previously, which would you choose and why? That's including Le Mis. Um Well, I love doing what I'm doing now, really. So I'd like to go back to, to that. <laughs> That's an easy answer there, Luke. That was an easy get out there. I'll just go back to what I'm doing just now. <laughs> Well, I no, hope it was lovely. It was lovely what we were doing. The cast yeah. were beautiful. Um, you know, it was it was great, to, and it's probably freshest in my memory. So it's you know, I would, I just want to go back and carry on doing it. Well, it will reopen. Don't worry, yeah. we will get theatre back open if it kills us. Yeah, uh, let's hope it doesn't. But <laughs> um, so our last question from the fans. Yes, I'm just double checking that there. Um, Susan asks if you could. Give your 16-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, go to singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> one, yes, I like that one. 100%. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward, but good. Mm. Go to singing lessons. Um, so now we've, we've reached the end of the, the fans' questions. You'll be glad to know. So that pain's over. You can relax slightly. <laughs> slightly. Because now we have the not-so-quick-fire round. Okay. Um, as I've said before, it used to be called the quick-fire round, but nobody really answered them quickly, so we changed it to not-so-quick-fire round. Okay. Um, until we come up with another catchy name. Um, but the, the first question in this round is, what would if, if somebody said to you you could have any role you wanted, uh, what would your dream role be, regardless of age, race, anything like that? Oh, uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, I'd love to play Alphabet and Wicked. Um, yeah, Alphabet okay. and Wicked. Right, okay. So what about male characters then? Male characters? Well, yeah. because I've been really lucky and I've played two characters that I've absolutely loved, I would also love to give Jesus a go in Jesus Christ Superstar. That's a good one, yes. And I could see you as Jesus, actually, yes. I could see you. <laughs> it's the, it's the beard uh, and, the, and the long hair. <laughs> oh, I'm loving the man bun. Oh, I know. I mean, I haven't had a haircut for three months, so I've got Tell us about it. I'm not quite at the band bun stage, but yeah, tell me about it. This is extremely long for me. Um, yeah, so the next question would have been Dream Drain to Ben Roll, but you've, you've said Elphaba. Bar, I think. Deep down, every male kind of wants a wee shot at Elphaba. Uh, yeah. We're actually talking about that with Adam last night, last time in the last episode. He's, he didn't say that, but he said eventually he went, oh, well, maybe Elphaba. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah, I think I think we need to do it for charity. Get a charity gender bend version of, of Wicked because you have a queue round the door with professionals wanting to try. Yeah, I tell you what I would like to do for charity is with one show, whatever show, for example, let's say Lim is um, that we as the cast um, have to pick out of a hat who we're playing that night, just for one night that we have like, but for one night only. Oh, you pick out of a hat, and that's who you're doing. Doesn't matter, like yeah, that's the part you have to do. I mean, everyone knows the score, so 
I, I, it would be doable, but I think that'd be great. A great way to raise money for charity or something. Although I don't know if, uh, if everyone would be keen for it, but I think it'd be great. I think you'd get majority of the cast. I think you'd get a, you would get a cast up for it. I would say. Hundred percent. Yeah. You might not get everybody, but you'd get enough to make a cast up. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Because uh, that'd be quite interesting. Mm. Carrie Hope Fletcher as Jean Valjean. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Apps is the Fontaine. Um, <laughs> you as the master of the house. Uh, yeah, that could be could end up being quite an interesting. John Robbins is a is a wee boy. I kind of get his name. That's to Gavroche. <laughs> Andrew Gavroche is as the intellect and in, in journalist. Um, that, that could be quite, yes, I, I, I could see that one. I would buy it with it. Without a doubt, I'd buy a ticket for that. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'd buy a ticket for anything at the moment in the theatre, but that's a different oh, story. Yeah. Um, but what's your favourite musical theatre song? It doesn't have to be one that you perform. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Anthem from Chess. Now, that's an interesting one you've just mentioned, because... You've just released a version of that on your Instagram, I saw it, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. It's the first song, first musical theatre song I ever sung. And it was, I was about 15, 16, I think I was 16. And my voice was so deep that I just, I couldn't sing it in the key it's in. So I had to sing it about two keys lower. So it was like, I cross over borders, but it's so low. Um, but yeah, it's the first song I ever sung. I've listened to countless people sing it, and I, just, I love it. I think it's great. It's such a great song. Fantastic. Did you see it when it was on at Coliseum last year, or two years ago? Oh, I didn't. I was gutted. I missed it. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was more a concert version than, than anything. It was more, more kind of concerty. Yeah. Uh, it was still the musical, but it was... Uh, anyway, um, last question. Probably one of the hardest. What is your top five shows? Now, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have been in them. You can have been in them, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, these are in no order at all. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put Phantom. Yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. South Pacific. Les Mis. And, hmm. Oh, this is difficult. Um, probably, I've put a recent one, Dear Evan Hansen, because when I saw it, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my number one at the moment, I've got to say. Um, it's fantastic. It speaks to me a lot. Um, as does all musicals, but yeah, that one definitely does. Um, so that's us. That's us at the end. Last activity, obviously, is the activity that got you here, and that's to nominate somebody. Now, mm-hmm. the rules of this is you can nominate anyone you want from theatre, film, or TV. The, part, the point is to, to know them because the point is to get them in to do a talk like you've like Richard did with you. Um, at the end, what you do is you go into Twitter, pop up a tweet, exactly how we got you in, um, to say, just I'm a talk with SN Talks, and then tag, you can name as many people as you want, but minimum's obviously one. Okay. So who would you like to nominate? Uh, I would like to nominate Jade Davies. Right, I know the name. She... Uh, been in Les Mis. She's recently been, um, she played Maria in West Side Story in Estonia. She did, yes. Yeah. And she's brilliant. So, yeah, I'd like to... That's a good name, yes. That's great. So your, your task now is to, to get in to, to do a, a chat with us then. Great. That's, but that's us. Thank you very much for, for joining Thanks, us and doing, answering all the questions for the fans.
Yeah. Um, all that's left for you guys to at home to remember is the charity. Um, obviously, that's the, the real reason we're here. You, you've, you can see, I'm, I don't know if you can see, but Luke's got the T-shirt on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Show must go on T-shirt. Um, you can buy these as well um, from the website. We'll, we'll tweet the link out. And we do anyway. Um, and also the link below for any donations at all, anything, anything that you can spare to help Acting for Others, who helps the theatre, the TV, the film, all the kind of acting industry. Um, not just at the moment, they, they do help all year round, but more so at the moment, obviously, with theatre uh, being dark. Um, so that's, that's the whole point that we're here, is to keep the light on and to, to try and raise some, just some funds. So anything at all you can. As Tesco say, every little helps. Um, and join us next time in our next episode when we have Reagan Garcia, who some of you will have seen in last summer's smash hit playing Nigel in Adrian Mole, the musical. Uh, he's done a few other things, but he's, uh, was it, he's, I think he's 13 or 14, and he's done more than I have in my 29 year of life. <laughs> <laughs> he's done two West End shows and a touring show already, and it's, oh, uh, he's done Mary Poppins, Matilda, and now Adrian Mole last year. So join us and we'll, we'll talk to him about that, uh, but thank you much, very much Luke for, for joining us. No problem at all, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure getting to know you a bit better rather than just the characters. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thanks very much and take care, guys. Bye. Bye.